the double strike that could effectively shut down Hollywood. SAG-AFTRA, that's the union that represents around 160,000 TV and movie actors. It announced overnight that its members are poised to walk off the job as soon as today. The actors would be joining their colleagues in the Writers Guild, who've been on strike since May. And we should mention Emmy nominations were just announced. Talk about awkward timing. So joining us now to discuss all of that is Brooks Barnes, Hollywood reporter for The New York Times. Welcome, Brooks. Hi there. Also with us is Eric Adams, reviews editor for the entertainment site IGN. Welcome back, Eric. Hi, thanks for having me. I'll start with you, Brooks. What do we need to know, first of all, about the strike that seems like it could happen very soon here? They're meeting uh, right now the SAG National Board, which is uh, has to vote on whether to strike. And we don't know what's happening in the room, but we uh, expect, based on what they've signaled and uh, what studios are telling their their own troops, that uh, they're going to come out and announce that there's a, a industry wide walkout. What else should we know, Eric? Uh, you know, as mentioned, uh, the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, is also on strike right now. So this would be uh, the first time that both guilds were on strike simultaneously since uh, 1960. Wow. Yeah, we should also note uh, WBEZ's newsroom <laughs> is, is represented by SAG-AFTRA. Broadcast journalists, however, uh, were under different contracts than TV and film and will not be expected to strike. But uh, Eric... Talk about the timing here. How historic is this? I mean, it's it's humongous, and it kind of follows this pattern that happens with a lot of Hollywood labor action, where when there's an emerging technology in the way that we watch our movies, watch our TV, uh, that often leads to uh, writers and actors wanting to renegotiate how they get compensated for that work. You know, the, the 60, that simultaneous strike in 1960, uh, one of the major issues there was getting residuals for movies shown on television. Mm -hmm. uh, in the 70s, there there were strikes uh, over uh, cable. In the 80s, it was home video. And now the big issues are streaming and uh, so-called artificial intelligence. Yeah. And as you said, it's, it's the first time since 1960 to have, you know, both the Actors Union and the Writers Union on strike at the same time. Uh, remind us, Brooks, about the demands on the SAG-AFTRA side. Like, what are the sticking points here? There are a bunch. Uh, they came in with uh, more than 40 pages of um, demands, and uh, that was many more than the studios had been expecting. Yeah. Um, the, the after you know a month or so of negotiations, it, the the deadline was pushed back once. These main sticking points seem to be around uh, guardrails for AI. Uh, actors want them, uh, you know, the language to be very clear about job protection. In, on that front, um, actors want uh, residuals or a form of royalty uh, paid based on the success of a, a metric of success for streaming. Mm -hmm. Right now, they do receive a residual, but it's not based on how popular a streaming show or, or movie is. Yeah. And that's that's a huge sticking point. And then lastly, just the, the, the minimum pay. Yeah. Um, actors have asked for 11% uh, raise in the first year. I think studios 
said uh, they would not go above 5%, which is what they offered the directors, which uh, they made a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also worth noting, uh, you know, stronger contributions into the union's pension and health fund um, as well. Uh, is that also what the Writers Guild is, is striking about? Like, to, to what extent is, is this the same battle on, on two different fronts, Brooks? It's ultimately the same battle because it's like Eric said, it, it boils down to, um, you know, how technology is up, uprooting the traditional way of getting paid. So uh, writers have a slightly different um, core focus, uh, which is about they want a minimum number of writers in rooms and they want uh, the streaming services in particular to do away with what they call mini rooms, which is sort of a, a way a workaround. Uh, for traditional for di- traditional writers, but at the very basic thing, yes, residuals are important. AI is, has become a very important sort of flash um, uh, crisis. Yeah, <laughs> um, for both of them. Yeah, Eric, what, what's happening with the studios that they're saying, "Listen, we can't or we won't meet your demands," whether it's coming yeah. from the actors or the writers. <laughs> I mean, the studios are probably rolling out uh, the absolute worst uh, PR uh, campaign that they could for this. Uh, You know, just earlier this morning, uh, Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, was uh, on cable news sort of talking about, uh, uh, gosh, uh, how the expectations of the actors and the writers were, quote unquote, unrealistic. Uh, Meanwhile, he and several other CEOs from studios are attending the Sun Valley Conference in Idaho, a, you know, regular gathering of billionaires. Uh, It is uh, this situation where the the entertainment industry has never been more profitable uh, and there has never been a moment where that money hasn't uh, been as evenly distributed, that there are more and more people uh, like Iger, like Zaslav Mm -hmm. at the top of these companies who are uh, giving themselves big paydays, big raises, big contract extensions, uh, while the path to uh, writing, to acting, uh, to also, you know, a lot of the the below the, the line so-called uh, jobs on a film set, mm-hmm. uh, the, the path toward that being a sustainable career uh, has never been choppier. Uh, it is it is harder and harder these days uh, for people to make ends meet uh, for uh, for reasons like the mini rooms, like Brooks cited, for the lack of residuals, for the lack of yeah. transparency uh, in terms of what what is popular? Who are watching these shows and movies uh, on on streaming services? Uh, stuff like that. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about the looming strike in Hollywood. 160,000 TV and movie actors could walk off the job really any minute now. And this comes after 11,000 Hollywood writers began a strike in May. That's still ongoing. We're talking with Brooks Barnes from The New York Times and Eric Adams from the review site IGN and Eric. I mean, to to that end, uh, the the Writers Guild. It's been on strike as we know for seventy days. They have yet to return to the bargaining table with the studios. The studios are are, are betting on on the writers losing hope. It sounds like, and of course, dwindling savings in the meantime. To what extent, though, do do you think the actors' strike bolsters the writers' strike? I mean, it is it's greater solidarity in terms of fighting for for the same things yeah. for, for strength the same. in numbers yes absolutely and it's also just a little bit more uh prominent and visible i mean these are 
uh, you, the average person may not necessarily know who's writing their TV shows or their movies, but you know the the letter that was sent last month uh, about the, the the first kind of round of SAG negotiations was signed by the likes of Meryl Streep and uh, Jennifer Lawrence, mm-hmm. and you know uh, just right now over in uh, the UK the uh, the premiere for Oppenheimer, the, the upcoming Christopher Nolan movie is is happening and they're getting it in just under the wire because, mm-hmm. you know, if this strike is called, uh, Cillian Murphy, Matt Damon, uh, Emily Blunt, all of the stars of that movie have to kind of cease uh, publicity yeah. for this huge giant blockbuster. That's right. Yeah, I didn't think of that. You know, Brooks, this, this seems like a moment of crisis for Hollywood. W- would you say that? Oh, without doubt, it's a moment of crisis. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's sort of no. Oh, go ahead. I was I was also thinking about uh, just viewing habits. Right, they've changed so radically. You know, I'm thinking about what Eric just said. Studios really right now they can't figure out how to make sufficient money from streaming. A lot of production just is halted across the industry. Are there good solutions right now on the table with all of that in play? It's a playbook that people are trying to figure out on the on the fly, right? Like there's yeah. the, the what the, the piping that the the circuitry that Hollywood has relied on for decades no longer works, and so they've got to figure out something new. And that's that's a little bit where you know the optics. Uh, certainly, Bob Iger talking from Sun Valley, you know, are, are not great. Certain, uh, you know, they're 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 awkward optics all around. You mm-hmm. know, Meryl Streep and Jennifer Lawrence on picket lines next to people who make a lot less money. Fran Drescher taking selfies at the Italian fashion show. You know, these yeah. are people, right, right. Who, you know, they they have real concerns, obviously, um, and and deserve to get as much money as they can, um, but. There also is this this element of people sort of out of touch with what's happening on the ground, um, so yeah. that doesn't help for matters for sure in in trying to figure out a path to deals, getting the uh, business up and running again, and in a way that's that works for everyone. And Eric, as we talk about awkward, uh, I mean, we got to talk <laughs> about the timing of these Emmy nominations that were just announced. Yes, indeed. A, uh, nominations for a ceremony that may or may not happen right. depending on the strike. Yeah, I mean, for for the nominees, I imagine this is a, a bittersweet moment, right? You're getting accolades for your work, but you're also on strike. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we do want to give some appreciation, though, for the great work that we, we've seen on TV this year. Um, a, a lot of love for HBO shows like Succession, The Last of Us, um, White Lotus, that's just to mention a few. I mean, how did you react, Brooks, to, to some of the nominations when you saw them? It was surreal, right? On the one hand, it's sort of business as usual. Yeah. You want to really give uh, these artists a um, their their due and and celebrate them. And and in talking to some of them, they you know they feel really conflicted. They some of them this is their this is their shot. You yeah. Know, like you know, not everyone's a Ryan Murphy who may who probably has another at bat coming up um you know this is for some people you know an emmy 
campaign uh, could make a big could make a big difference in their career mm-hmm. and they'll now not be able to participate in that. Yeah, HBO cleaned up when it comes to nominations. And, and I got to mention Chicago's The Bear <laughs> with 13 nominations um, itself. Uh, Eric, any nominations stand out to you or ones that made you go, yeah, they deserve that? <laughs> well, you know, it's very funny to look at the supporting actor uh, category for this year, which is uh, entirely dominated by two shows, uh, Succession and uh, uh, The White Lotus. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, also kind of looking at the the best actor category, you've got a situation where Jeremy Strong, Brian Cox and Kieran Culkin, all from Succession, are kind of going for that award in their final season of that show. I'm personally holding out hope that uh, they wind up splitting the vote and that allows our hometown hero, Bob Odenkirk, to kind of finally sneak in and uh, get his proper dues for playing Saul Goodman on Better Call Saul, uh, one yeah. of the most underrated shows of the, the past 10 years. Yeah, that, that is so true. Anybody you think was snubbed? Um, Gosh, uh uh not off not off the top of my head Brooks, what about you Brooks? Uh, anybody or any anybody you would have liked to be nominated that wasn't Brooks, you there oh sorry um i was i was mostly focused on um james marsden getting uh, getting in uh, for uh jury duty i was really pleased about that yeah no that's that's great um so the emmys then could be pushed back you're saying due to the the the, the writer strike and this impending actor strike, is, is that where we're at right now? They're they're saying that the the Emmys are probably going to be pushed back into uh, January. Um, they haven't announced or made any final calls on that, yeah. but that's more likely than not to happen at this point. Uh, if you start sort of um, penciling out mm-hmm. where this goes, um, it's unlikely. Um, you know, lawyers and agents and all of the, the the folks who make the gears turn, they they say it's unlikely uh, to see any resolution on on all of the striking um, matter workers until the fall. Yeah. So that kind of puts you know pushes back everything. Yeah, I mean, I I think they should push it back because I've I've seen <laughs> what happens when they don't. Because uh, when you have an award show without writers. It's quite strange. I was looking at this on the music end of things last month. I was watching the BET Awards briefly in June, which was writerless, and it went pretty smoothly, but the setup was strange. First of all, no host. <laughs> so I don't know how they would do the Emmys during the strike. It would be unlikely that the union would allow stars to promote it and go. Um, they could make an exception, but um, it, it would it would it would definitely not be um it would be awkward. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah. So lots of Chicago connections this year at the Emmys. The Bear, of course, as I mentioned, with uh, with a good chunk of nominations there. And Barack and Michelle, they each got a nomination as well for different categories. So so shout out to them. We'll leave it there for now. That's Brooks Barnes, Hollywood reporter for The New York Times, and Eric Adams, Entertainment Reviews Editor for IGN. Thank you both so much.